What is going on, movie lovers? I'm Matt Craig, and this is another edition of No Content for Old Men, the podcast where every week I review the latest movies for you and give you some streaming suggestions for your weekend. Thank you, as always, for listening, for spreading the word. I really, really appreciate it. This week, we're going to be talking about Woody Allen's new movie, A Rainy Day in New York, and the legacy of the man, the myth, the legend (laughs) that is Woody Allen. Uh, For streaming suggestions, we are kind of all over the map. Anything uh, you could be looking for. Maybe it's food travel reality TV. We got you. Maybe it's a 1980s romp. We've got you there. And possibly the most agro-masculine action movie I've ever seen. Uh, I'm going to be suggesting suggesting that one to you as well. So you're going to want to stay tuned for all that. Until then, let's dive into A Rainy Day in New York. The caricature of Woody Allen is well sketched at this point. Anyone who has seen his movies knows him as neurotic, intellectual, self-loathing, and ironically distanced enough to provide judgment on himself and his surroundings. His screenwriting comes from a point of view that could not be mistaken for anyone else, and in his best movies, he portrays his own avatar. In the Oscar-winning Annie Hall, for example, no one was under any pretense that Alvie Singer was anyone other than a thinly fictionalized Woody Allen, which takes on layers of meta when Singer writes a play within the movie that includes a Singer stand-in. <laughs> but his movies have always felt more essayistic. One such signature philosophical observation that has always stuck with me comes from his late career triumph, Midnight in Paris. Nostalgia is denial of the painful present, says a character in the movie. The erroneous notion that a different time period is better than the ones one is living in. It's a flaw in the romantic imagination of those people who find it difficult to cope with the present. That is the thesis statement of that film, and in many ways of Alan's career. Even in his heyday, he was an iconoclast, but while that may have come off romantic in his younger years, now his insistence on living in the past feels more pathetic. A Rainy Day in New York is a 1970s movie that takes place in modern New York City. Were it not for the iPhones and a stray reference to Hamilton, one may not even know it's supposed to be a modern movie. It's really out of touch and worse, uninteresting. Finding humor and acidic satire in the world around you rang more true when Alan was someone that every New Yorker felt like they might run into around the next corner. Now, writing what you know involves the lives of stuffy, rich Upper East Siders and a famous director, a movie star, and a screenwriter. The movie is written, staged, and shot all the way up in an ivory tower where the sets are as decadent as the dialogue is wooden. In the center of the frame is Timothy Chalamet, an actor who, until now, I thought could do no wrong. He's just a terrible fit doing the Allen shtick. Chalamet's superpower is his emotional vulnerability. Think about his best roles in Little Women and, or Beautiful Boy or Call Me By Your Name. He's an earnest idealist, the opposite of Alan Cynic. And besides, he's way too attractive to be such a crank. Rather than a cast of colorful characters gravitating around the central orbit of the Alan surrogate, here, every single character is doing their best Woody Allen impersonation. They're all neurotic, intellectual, and self-loathing. Watching any two of them interact is exhausting. A handful of them are even wearing Alan's signature style of glasses, sporting wispy haircuts, and making their voices nasally. 
Without some Diane Keaton-esque base to balance out Alan's acidity, the movie starts to resemble the science equation from the final episode of Chernobyl. Boom. Because of Alan's legacy, he has no problem filling out these versions of himself with name actors. Liev Schreiber is the brilliant yet tortured director with a penchant for underage women. Jude Law is the brilliant yet tortured screenwriter with a penchant for underage women. And Diego Luna is the brilliant yet tortured movie star with a penchant for... You get the point. The object of their affection is played by Elle Fanning, with the other questionably aged damsel being played by Selena Gomez. Now, the shadow of Alan's ongoing controversy hangs over the movie. I'm not here to litigate it. Do some Googling and make up your own mind. All I know is his latest effort is not a successful project. Much like the recent On the Rocks, a more successful counterpart, hanging out in pre-pandemic New York City seems to be the purpose for the movie's existence. With a fresh new wave of coronavirus cases sweeping that city and the whole country, I'll admit it's a noble pursuit. But is it enough to be worth your time? Unless you're a real Allen head or yourself self-loathing, I think not. Every week I give you something new, something old, and something to stream. This week, something new. It's on Hulu. It's Eater's Guide to the World. Food television falls into two really distinct categories. You got travel on one side, you got competition on the other. And you're either a fan of one or the other for the most part. So you probably either like travel food shows a la Anthony Bourdain or you don't. But I can't imagine any better time to give one a try than when we're all stuck at home unable to travel. The thing I appreciate about this series and the eater sites in general is that they cover food for the masses just as much as fine dining. It's joyful cultural exploration at the very least, and it's narrated by the always lovable Maya Rudolph, so you might as well give it a try. This week's Something Old is 1988's Working Girl, and it's actually streaming right now on Hulu as well. In this contender for most 1980s cliche movie of all time, almost nothing about this movie has, quote, aged well. <laughs> By today's standards, they would lock up Harrison Ford's executive who mixes business with pleasure and throw away the key. Melanie Griffith's protagonist may have earned jail time for fraud and trespassing, and yet somehow Sigourney Weaver is the villain for, what, breaking her ankle in a ski accident? <laughs> I kid. This movie is a classic 80s romp, complete with the poofy hair and a comedic best friend. Here, played by Joan Cusack. On the surface, it's one of those really fun time capsule movies, but that universal feeling of Griffin's character searching for someone who believes in you and respects what you bring to the table hits as hard now as it did 30 years ago. I resonated with her struggle, and I don't even have to worry about a glass ceiling. Alright, something to stream this week. It's on Netflix. You guys are going to like this one. It's Den of Thieves. Now, one of my favorite movie podcasts introduced me this week to the term, quote, garbage crime as a subgenre of movies. And I haven't been able to stop thinking about it. You know the type, right? Trashy B-movies filled with equal parts self-serious action and knowing over-the-top ridiculousness. Think Triple Nine or 21 Bridges or anything starring Gerard Butler. 
I love to kick back and throw these on late at night, but somehow I had never seen the king of the genre until this week. It stars, you guessed it, Gerard Butler <laughs> as a badass cop going after some badass bank robbers. We're talking about dudes being dudes to the max. Everyone in this movie is jacked, heavily armed, and determined to prove their endowment. In 2020 terminology, this movie does not wear a mask. But <laughs> the final high sequence, which is almost an hour long, is on par with any of the Ocean's movies in terms of excitement and intricacy, followed by a shootout that would make Michael Bay jealous. If you're in the mood for action, this is one of the best. All right, that's going to do it for this week's show. Thank you, as always, for listening. Thank you for sharing, getting the word out. If you watch any of these movies I recommended, please get in touch with me and let me know at Mr. Matt Craig on Twitter or through the newsletter, which you can find in the link in my bio on my Twitter. Uh, yeah, and also, if you have any suggestions for me to watch this week, i love to hear from you guys, uh, so please send them my way. Next week, I think we're going to be talking about Broken Hearts Gallery. Finally, the movie I really wanted to see when it hit drive-in theaters, but I missed it, and now it's coming out on VOD. So a complete 180 uh, from the Den of Thieves of the World. <laughs> but uh, I think you guys will really enjoy um, Broken Hearts Gallery. I'm really looking forward to watching it next week. So until then, I guess I'll see you at the movies.